You're listening to the Cornerstone Word of Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's teaching. For more information on our church, please visit cwol.org. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Are you ready? Glory to God. Hallelujah. Well, I uh, have something I want to share with you tonight. In uh, 2019, I was on vacation, and uh, during that time, I usually spend some time with the Lord and praying and everything, and so uh, there were several things that he told me during that time, but one of the things he told me, so you have to think, this is December 2019, going into 2020. Y'all remember 2020? (laughs) Boy, do we remember 2020. And so going over into 2020, he said to me that uh, in the next year, what I want you to do is to practice gratitude and worship. Practice gratitude and worship. And he gave me some specific things to do, uh, people to contact and uh, write notes to and different things like that. And so little did we know that 2020 was coming, huh? And so it's kind of similar to where we are right now with the Lord telling us about rejoicing. He knew what was ahead, but um, he just gives us little glimpses or little clues. And if we obey them, then they insulate us in a sense of whatever is on the horizon. And so what he did with that in, in preparation. So when March 15th, 2020 came and uh, I was out searching for toilet paper, praise the Lord. And uh, <laughs> very grateful for toilet paper. Hallelujah. And, uh, and so with that, you know, we entered into a time as far as our generation is concerned that we had never been to before. And so with that, practicing gratitude and practicing worship, it was a way of being able to navigate through waters that we had never been through. Amen. And so um, uh, in that, uh, and even just recently, the Lord was talking to us uh, when staff was praying together. He said, your rejoicing will be like a Scotch guard. And what does Scotch guard do? You put it on fabric to protect it from stains or things getting on it. And so that uh, gratitude and that worship helped me to uh, be insulated or covered or protected so that things didn't get on me. And things were pressing. Y'all remember? Things were pressing to get on you. But in that cocoon or in that place, he, there was a preservation that was there. Amen. Hallelujah. And so, uh, with gratitude, you know, if you complain, we could have complained, everything shut down. Probably some of us did complain. Just keep looking straight. <laughs> Hallelujah. And, uh, complaining, if you see with the children of Israel, especially in Numbers 13, when they complained and they moaned about what their circumstances were and what was going on around them, it just magnified that and drew it into them. But when they begin to worship, when they begin to thank God, gratitude opens up a place for God to rush in where complaining and murmuring causes the enemy to rush in. So we want to be in a place of gratitude. We want to be in a place of thankfulness because we want the door open to God to flood into our lives, not other things to flood into our lives. Amen. And you may think 2020 wasn't anything to rejoice about. Well, we weren't rejoicing about 2020. We were rejoicing about our God and how he protects us and how he keeps us. It says in everything. 
give thanks in everything. So we were in 2020. We were in a pandemic, worldwide pandemic. So we could, we don't stop praising God. We don't stop giving gratitude. We don't stop being thankful because that's where our help comes from. Amen. Glory to God. So gratitude also in a way brings restoration. So let's look at Luke uh, chapter 17. Gratitude is a key for God to work in our lives, to open doors and restore things for us that's been stolen. In the last two years, if you've had some things stolen, we got some good news for you tonight. Amen. In Luke chapter 17, we'll start in verse 11. And uh, let me, I think I got it here. Uno momento, por favor. There we are. In verse 11, it says, now, and this is in the New King James, and now it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers, who stood afar off, and they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, Go show yourselves to the priests. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered him, were there not 10 cleansed? So Jesus notices your ungratefulness. But were there, but uh, were, but were, where are the nine? So he noticed that nine were healed and only one came back. Were there not any found who were, who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And one translation says alien. And he said to him, arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. Guys, put it up in the Amplified Classic, verse 19. And he said to him, get up and go on your way. Your faith, your trust and confidence that spring for your, from your belief in God has restored your health. Amen. So gratefulness and thankfulness causes restoration of health. And there's a difference between healing and restoration. So the nine that Jesus said, go tell, show the priest, they were healed. They had leprosy. If they lost a finger, uh, this leprosy stopped. If they had leprosy on their toes, the leprosy stopped. If they had it on their nose or on their ears or wherever it was, the leprosy stopped. So they were healed. So it's good to be healed. But it's even better to be restored. So the one that came back and showed his gratefulness and gave glory to God, he got his nose back. He's got his fingers back. He got his toes back. Whatever digits, whatever was out of the way, whatever was missing, God put it back. Because of what? His gratefulness, his thankfulness under God. He glorified God. He was thankful for the healing. He was thankful that the leprosy stopped. 
and he showed gratefulness and he showed thanksgiving to the one who brought it to him. And it impressed Jesus enough that he restored him to health. Anybody want to impress Jesus? And he didn't come back for that. He was just grateful for what he got. And Jesus gave him more. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So there's a huge difference in that. God restored health unto him. Glory to God. So there was no sign that there was ever leprosy. So the other nine, when they got back to town, the leprosy was healed. But you could still tell that there was leprosy at some point in time. But this one who gave gratefulness and thankfulness to God, hallelujah, there was no sign that there was ever leprosy there. God restored him fully where there was no sign that the enemy was ever in his life. Glory to God. Woo! There's no sign of the addiction. There's no sign of what was lost. There's no sign of whatever you're missing in your life. There's no sign of a lost job or a lost child or a lost this or that or the other. There's no evidence that there was anything wrong. God restores it all. Hallelujah. In a place of gratefulness and a grateful heart. In 2018, the Lord dealt with me about selling my home. And I didn't understand it at the time. And I uh, just kept getting impressed to, to sell my home. And uh, sold my home. And uh, in the process of going through clothes and everything, uh, <clears throat> there was uh, a, um, you know how you get the, what do you call it, equity in your home and stuff. And so uh, <laughs> going to close, the mortgage guy was telling me that I was going to have to pay more than what uh, he had uh, previously told me. And that, that not made me happy. That's not made me happy. And so um, and he knew that. And my real estate agent and I talked about it. And she talked to him and everything. And there was, you know, it was just said there's nothing we can do about it. And just went forward. And so after, after the close, I told her I want it back. I want it back. And it was a significant amount of money. And uh, so she and I agreed, prayed, and agreed together uh, that God would bring it back. And so I didn't know how, how that was going to come back. But in 2020, the Lord told me to practice gratefulness and worship. So as I'm doing that, uh, in August of that year, I get um, a message from someone. And they said that I, no, this was in December of 2020. They said, the next year, I'm going to uh, send you money to pay your mortgage. And I said, well, I'm already paying my mortgage. And they said, I'm going to send you extra. So they asked me the amount that what my mortgage was, and they matched that amount. And so uh, just recently I was on vacation and just sitting quiet on, you know, on the deck and just, you know, in solitude and then just worship the Lord and just thankfulness and that kind of thing. And the Lord just dropped in me. He said, you remember, remember when you and your real estate agent, he called her name, prayed and agreed for the restoration of that money at close. I said, yes, sir. He said, count up the money that you got as your double mortgage last year. And I went back and counted it up and it was more than what that amount was. God is a restorer. Amen. Hallelujah. And he'll do that for you. He is a restorer. 
He's in it. And so in 2021, he started dealing with me about restoration. And, you know, Dr. Jerry Savelle said, if you, if you uh, how do you say it? If Satan can't steal your joy, he can't get your goods. Amen. So we did some rejoicing last year and God has amped it up on us this year. So the word restore, listen to this. It means to return. It means to replace. It means to bring back. It means to heal, to cure, to recover from disease, to make restitution of, or satisfaction of a thing that was taken away, to give for satisfaction, to pretend uh, uh, to uh, right wrongs of something that was taken, to repair, to rebuild, to restore, to revive, to resuscitate, Hallelujah! to bring back to life. Are there some things in your life that's dead that need to be brought back to life? God is a restorer to bring back something that was absent. Your children might be absent right now. They may not be serving God. Your gratefulness and your thankfulness will cause them to return. And those things that were absent, hallelujah, being brought back to renew, to re, uh, reestablish after an interruption. To bring peace, and peace is restored. Glory to God. To recover, to renew. Glory to God. So those are definitions of restore. Hallelujah. He wants to restore your soul. He wants to restore your health. He wants to restore your finances. He wants to restore anything that was lost and that the enemy took. And then Joel, 20, Joel 2, 25 says, so I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten, the crawling locust, the consuming locust, and the cr uh, chewing locust, all the nasty locusts. And my, my great army, which I sent among you, you shall eat and plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God who has dealt wondrously to you with you and my people shall never be put to shame say never never, never be put to shame then you shall know that I am in the midst of Israel and I am your God and there is no other my people shall never be put to shame my people shall never be put to shame God is a restorer. And in Psalm 100, verse 4 in the Amplified, it says, Be thankful and say so. 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 Thankful and say so. Hallelujah. Be thankful and say so. Hallelujah. You got some things that need to be restored. You need to say so. You need to say some things. You need to be grateful. You need to be thankful. You need to be praising. You need to be rejoicing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And God will replace. And God will restore and bring things back to you. Hallelujah. In Esther chapter 8, praise the Lord. In Esther chapter 8, you know they were under uh, an edict of annihilation. And she spent time with the Lord and got a, a strategy, a plan. And God saved them in the face of annihilation, being wiped out. When God came through, they, did, they weren't sad. It says the Jews had joy and light. 
and gladness and a good day. It's a good day. Hallelujah. And when the, uh, they said all the nations round about, when they heard what God had done for the Jews, they wanted to be like them. They wanted to become Jews. Hallelujah. So when the world sees that you should be sad, you should be upset about the leprosy. You should be less upset about the lost job. You should be upset about all the circumstances that are going on in the world. And you do something else. You rejoice. You be thankful and say so. They want to be like you because they think God has done something for you that I am not aware of. I want to be like you. I want to serve your God. Hallelujah. He's a God of restoration. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, let me pick up this morning where I left off. If the Lord asked you to do something hard, would you do it? And so what he's asking you to do is rejoice. What he's asking you to do is praise him. What he's asking you to do is be grateful because he has something on his mind and on his heart that he wants to get you. And uh, so this is the deal here, though. It's not just about us. It's not just about you. Do you know that it doesn't take a whole lot of people to change a city? It doesn't take a whole lot of people to shake uh, a nation. It doesn't take a whole lot of people. It just takes somebody who's obedient. And, you know, sometimes uh, as we praise God, and I gave them all this assignment, and and the Lord gave me something a little different, but I've been talking about rejoicing the whole time. And so when he gave me this, my part, I was like, "Mm, well, I'm sure it'll fit. Hallelujah. But um, I want to talk to you about some different lepers. Um, unlikely deliverers who obeyed. You see, if the Lord is asking you to be grateful, what, she, what did she have to do? What did I have to do? What did we all have to do? We just were grateful. Now, if the Lord asks you to um, rejoice, then what should you do? Well, in all things, do what? You should rejoice. And again, I say rejoice. And so I'm going to trade in my sackcloth and ashes, and I'm going to rejoice. I know that they don't understand that right now we've decided to cheer up. Right? We, you know, like the Apostle Paul in the middle of the ship. He's in the belly of the ship while they all think they're going to die. And the Lord came and visited him. And he came up. And the first thing he said to them was, cheer up. Why? I believe God. I believe part of believing God is rejoicing. We rejoice bringing in the answer. We rejoice with the harvest. And you know, though, see, it's not just about you, though. It's about God's wanting to do something bigger than you and me. And he wants you to do something and he asks you to do something because he's trying to bring something. And we have to be obedient. Do I, got, I know on Sunday night, um, uh, I know I got some people who know how to obey. But let me take you back to the story. Uh, we, you all know the account of the four leprous men. They're sitting outside the gate. And they're about to, these four guys, there is a horrible famine going on. The, the, the enemy has surrounded them. They have gone to eating horrible stuff. It's a mess. The, things are awful. And yet the spirit of God has something to say about what comes on tomorrow. Right in the middle of the biggest mess of probably their generation and their life, their children are dying. There's nothing to eat. 
The enemy has successfully surrounded them and choked them out. There's nothing coming in. There's nothing going out. Yet, God has a plan. God has a plan. God has a strategy to bring their deliverance. And it's not coming the way most people think it would come. It's not coming through the people that they're expecting. But um, I believe in this hour, God is raising up a generation. God is raising up a group. God is raising up an army. God's raising up a bunch of people. So uh, Elisha began to prophesy, and uh, he said this, hear the word of the Lord. Uh, 2 Kings 7.1, thus says the Lord tomorrow. Now, understand, they're in huge famine. It is a mess. They're all planning to die. It's over. He said tomorrow. The Lord said tomorrow about this time. A measure of fine. We don't have no fine flour. It's going to be sold for a shekel, though. Two measures of barley for a shekel at the gate of Samaria. And then... A Lord, the dude who was in charge, the second in charge or whoever he was, he was, the, you know, obviously had the king's uh, ear. He said, whose hand the king leaned and answered the man of God. The critics answer God. The critics answer the word of God today. The critics make light of God today. They make light of the word of God. They make light of you and I in what we believe. And he answered and said, uh, behold, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, might this thing be? In other words, he was making fun of. He said, all that windows in heaven stuff you talk about. If the Lord were to make windows in heaven, he got half the screen, you know, he knows something. And he's, be, and he's belittling it. And he said, behold, you're going to see it with your eyes, but you're not going to eat any. So in the middle of the midst of this, God is telling everybody it's going to be all right. Whether you think it or not, you don't have any flour, but tomorrow uh, get a shekel because you're going to be able to buy one. You know, if I want to make something else, get two or whatever, and you can have some bar. I mean, you're going to be able to eat. I'm going to eat tomorrow. I'm going to eat tomorrow. Plan on eating tomorrow. Just like the Lord told the children of Israel, you know, when they, when they took what we call the Passover meal. He said, get your shoes on. Get a staff in your hand. Get ready because you're going on a journey. It doesn't look like they're going on a journey, but the Lord said, prepare. You're going on a journey. So he's telling them, get ready to eat tomorrow. Get I haven't eaten in a long time, but get ready to eat tomorrow. And then the, the king's right-hand man, they made light of it. And see, this is the deal. Um, one instruction from the Lord can change everything. No, one, something from the, it could change everything. And the Lord knew what was going to happen. And yet they didn't know what, what was going to happen. But if someone was of faith, they would have set out the plates. They would have got, the got the bread pan together. They're, you know, something good's about to happen. And so you know the rest of this. Um, <laughs> Verse 3, and there were four lepers. We got, it's the night of lepers, hallelujah. It's four lepers. And there were four lepers, men at the, entering in the gate, and they said to one another, why are we just going to sit here until we die? I believe God began to shake them a little bit because I don't think they came up with this on their own. I don't believe they came up with it. Why are we going to sit here? It's an attitude. In other words, um, and, I, and this, is going to be, this has to be your attitude. I, if the Lord said to praise him, if the Lord said to rejoice, well, I'm just going to rejoice anyway. 
I'm, I'm just going to be glad anyway. I'm just going to lift up my voice. I'm going to praise him. And I know you're all doing it. I can already tell it. To, I can, in a month's time, I can feel the heaviness. There's no heaviness in this bunch when you all get together. I used to have to get up here every Sunday morning. I thought I was lifting weights. I really did. I thought I was lifting weights. I'd go home tired sometimes. And I get it. There's a lot going on out there. But if you come in rejoicing, you are contagious in a better way. You are contagious in a better way. Come on, it'll get off on somebody who's sad or depressed or all worried or in fear. Hallelujah. What are you all so happy about? Well, first of all, the Lord told us to rejoice, so we're just going to rejoice anyway because we trust him. So they sit here, and everybody, let's just say this together. Say, why sit we here until we die? And this is what they said in verse 4. If we say we'll enter into the city, then there's a famine in the city. And what we're gonna, what's going to happen there? We're just going to die. <laughs> and if we sit here, what's going to happen? We'll just die. So come on, y'all. Let's not die. Let's not. I don't want to. You know, I'm hungry. You know what? I, um, I, I, I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to go there. They don't want us there anyway. And if we just sit here and we don't do anything, we're going to die. And so let us fall. This is what they said. They're, uh, you know, that they came to their heart. Let's just fall into the host of the Syrians. If they save us alive, we're just going to live. But if they kill us, we'll just die. You know, um, y'all not going to like this very well, but you have to get over the fear of dying. If you're born again, you're not going to, you're going to leave your body physically, but you're not going to die. You're just going to move. Amen. You're going to lay the earthly tabernacle. So, you know, we got to get over it. Amen. And so this is what they did. And so they rose up in the twilight to go into the camp of the Syrians. And when they were come to the othermost part of the camp of Syria, behold, there wasn't any bear, anyone there. What happened? Well, if you've been here on Wednesday night, a faith that does nothing is worth nothing. Without any corresponding actions, your faith is dead. And so they just decided, I believe by the help of God, why sit we here till we die? In other words, I'm gonna, I want to correlate to this. If, the, if all the Lord asked you to do was praise him, if all the Lord asked you to do to rejoice, then I would just find every opportunity and I would rejoice. I would just praise him. I mean, people, you know, maybe at work, you just stop and have a praise break. I don't know. They already think you're crazy. Be it anyway. Amen. Come on. If you just, ha- you know, rejoice. Amen. But see, for them, it was just a matter of getting up. But when they got up, see, Elisha had already prophesied. Elisha had already prophesied. God already knew the outcome. He knew they were going to get up. I guess he inspired them to get up, and he knew they were going to get up, but it was because of their new attitude. In other words, I've decided I'm not dying here. I'm not going over there because they're all dying and they don't want us anyway. So if we just go over there, if they kill us, we're just dead anyway. What difference does it make? And so part of this is they just decided to get up. Now, listen, if you're really in faith, it's going to work out right. It's going to work out with God. But my point is they just had an attitude. Well, I'm just going to get up. And when they got up, the Lord got up. Faith that does nothing is really worth nothing. In other words, it's dead on arrival. Faith has corresponding action with it. So when they got up, what happened? For the Lord had made the host of the Syrians to hear a noise. There were no chariots. They heard something. (laughs) The Lord of hosts. That word host is angelic help. The Lord of hosts is angels. So the angels, they made chariot noises. That's cool. 
the noise of horses, even the noise of a great host. And they said to one another, Lo, the king of Israel is hired against us, the kings of the Hittites, the kings of the Egyptians, to come against us. They said, There's two armies out there. Let's get up on out of here. Wherefore they arose and they fled in the twilight of their tents and their horses and their asses and even the camp it was, and they fled for their life. And when these lepers came to the uttermost part of the camp, they went into one tent and said, Ooh, looky here, there's a side of beef. And they sat down and had them a sirloin and a Coke Zero, hallelujah. And they were drinking and they were eating and they were getting their bellies full. And they were putting on the watches and the rings and they put on the clothes. And they were sitting there and they were having them a little party, hallelujah. And then, so they, they went into the, um, uh, uh, so they went to, the, and they carried away the silver gold raiment and went and hid it. So they, they went to one tent and it was good. And they went, and so they said, we got to hide this for later. And they came again and entered into another tent. In one tent. They went to one tent and went to Outback first and had steak. And they went to the other one and had turkey legs. Hallelujah. And, you know, they hadn't eaten in a long time. And so they ate and they drank and, um, and they entered into another, went in. And, uh, and then verse 9, they said to one another after they was full and fully dressed, we do not well. This is a gay day of good tidings. And if we hold our peace, come on, even if they didn't want us, even though they, we couldn't do anything. They, you know, I know it's leprosy. They had to go on the outside. But if we tarry till the morning light, some mischief will call upon. Uh-oh. In other words, some, somebody did this. And we don't want any mischief. We don't want anything to happen. Let's go tell the king's household. So they went in. Of course, they didn't believe them. They thought it was a trap. And um, four sick men delivered the city. Four dying men. Four dying men delivered a city. I, I think we're a little better off than them. But the same thing, they decided, if we, why sit we here till we die? Why we sit here and wait for things to get over? Why we sit here and wait for things to change? Let's make a change. And God told you how to do it, didn't he? God told you how to do it. How, what did he say? He said, um, keep your eyes on him. He said to rejoice. He said to rejoice. He said to rejoice. He said to rejo- he said it all throughout his word, rejoice. And again, I said rejoice. We rejoice with joy unspeakable, full of so, so their getting up is the same as you rejoicing. And when they got up, the Lord was able to do something. The Lord was able, because see, while they were sitting there, the Lord could have, why didn't the Lord just do it? Well, it seems as though he needs a human being on the earth to do something. There's always a God side, but there's always a man side. Amen. And the man side is to obey. I've been talking to you on Wednesday nights about miracles. If you'll look even at the gifts of the Spirit, stretch forth your hand. There was always obedience required. What is God? If God asks you to do a hard thing, would you do it? Well, this is simple. Rejoice. 
This is simple. Rejoice. Why sit we here till we die? So guess what? We're going to rejoice. Amen. And when we rejoice, things are going to happen. And not that we're looking at, but if you and I do what God said, that it's not only going to affect us and the church and our services, but I believe it's going to affect everything around us and God's going to be able to move. Amen. Amen. So, you know, after they sent out the, the, you know, the king sent some people out and they said, it's just like they said, man, the, the tents are full of food. The tents are full. And I love this one. The dude who said, if the Lord were to open the windows of heaven, making light, making fun, what in the world is rejoicing going to do? Y'all need to calm down. This is, a, this is a time of seriousness. This is a time of grief. This is awful. You, y'all, quit, quit rejoicing. As a matter of fact, you shouldn't even be a church. The Lord said to rejoice. And he said as the day approaches, we ought to gather together more, not less. Amen. Amen. And so we're just going to be obedient. But listen, um, well, God's good to all. Well, obviously this guy wasn't part of the all because he mocked God. And he said, if the, he was making fun of and light of the word of God. And he said, if your God were to open the windows of heaven, how could this be? And Elisha, by the Holy Ghost, said, well, you'll see it with your eyes, but you'll never taste of it. And there's an old saying in Pentecost circles, you either get in, get out, or get run over. And dude got run over. I don't want to get run over. I want to get in. I want to get in. What am I telling you? Let's do what the, uh, the word of God is speaking to us and let's rejoice. And let's be, you know, maybe people don't think you're the likely one. But I do believe that God is going to use us. And so he, he's not asked us to do something hard. He just said to rejoice. So as Robert's come, let's just, let's rejoice. You know what? It'll help him if you're all standing up and rejoicing while he comes up. Hallelujah. So let's rejoice just a little bit. Father, we rejoice in you. We're glad. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Well, God is good. Hallelujah. I don't have any lepers to talk about. Suppose if I look long enough, I can find someone in here. Praise the Lord. But I want to talk to you. I believe, uh, you know, when God tells us to do something, there's purpose behind it. Amen. Now, my, my motto is if my pastors tell me to do it, I'm just going to do it because I have trust in them like that. Amen. So if Pastor Mark and Pastor Ronna say rejoice, I believe they hear from God and I'm going to rejoice. Amen. And that ought to be good enough. But I've always been the type of person that likes stuff explained to me. Right. And that was one thing, mom, dad, if you're watching, hey, how you doing? You know, as I was growing up as a kid is I just never really liked it when they said do this. And when I'd ask why, they'd tell me because I said so. And maybe some of you parents, you talk to your children that way and that's OK. Hallelujah. But I always wanted an explanation. I want to understand why you're telling me to do what you're telling me to do. And so I began to get in the word and, you know, God began to show me some things. And I believe, you know, we're, uh, he's asked us to praise on purpose. Someone say on purpose. 
It's not by happenstance that we're doing this. And it's not just because Pastor Mark was eating his cheer. Do you eat Cheerios? Hallelujah. I don't know. I don't know what he was eating for breakfast. And he said, I feel like making them praise. No, he heard from God and God's trying to do something in our lives. Amen. And so I want to start over here at Psalms. Pastor Belinda had mentioned it. Chapter 100. We're going to read verses 1 through 5. And I'm going to read out of the Barren Study Bible. Because I just like the way it reads. Amen. And it says this. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord all the earth. Someone say joyful noise. Now what is a joyful noise? It's a shout of triumph. Now listen to this. It's a shout of triumph over your enemies. Shout of triumph over your enemies. And I believe what's happened in the last couple years, if we started fighting a fight, we were never called to fight. And God's trying to get his church back to the victory side. See, he's not going to give you victory. He's already given you victory. Right? You're not waiting for it. And man, he told me this this morning. It was amazing. Pastor Mark sent a text out this morning. But when I woke up this morning, the Holy Spirit said, you're going to teach something tonight. You know, and I was like, okay, yeah, whatever, you know. And then like five minutes later, I get a text from Pastor Mark, and I'm like, hey, I can't hear from God. Look at that. Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> but he's, got, he's trying to get his church back on the victory side of things to understand that we're supposed to be living life from a place of victory. Not a place of depression, not a place of self-pity, not a place of heaviness. Didn't he say that my burden is light and my yoke is what? Easy. Amen. Well, how does that happen? You get in victory. Amen. And you're supposed to have victory over you. You know people, not your enemy. Come on, the devil's your enemy. And he's been put under your feet. Man, I used to love that old Pentecost under my feet. Woo! Now my victory's made complete. Woo! We can get after it right now. Praise the Lord. Amen. You got victory, and guess where the devil is? He's not, he doesn't even deserve your time of day. Why you been giving him so much face time? Hallelujah. You need to be like my parents. Hallelujah. When I try to FaceTime and they got the camera turned around all backwards. Glory to God. I'm trying to walk them through. They don't even know. You ought not even know how to FaceTime the devil. Amen. It ought to be a foreign experience to you. Glory to God. Where some teenagers got to walk you through it. Praise God. You ought not give him any time in your life. Why? Because you got the victory. Glory to God. Some say I got the victory. So he said, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Serve the Lord with gladness and come to his presence with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. Amen. And he is who made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. And I love verse 4 and Pastor BT mentioned it. He said, enter his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise. And I told Pastor Mark this when we were away praying. And it just showed me the Holy Spirit said this, the church has been doing it wrong. He said, they've been trying to come into my courts with worship. And I said, come in with praise. And I've noticed something, like Pastor Mark said, over the last month, some things have changed. And I noticed this morning, especially, and then even tonight, our worship was better. And let me tell you why our worship was better. It's because we came in the right way. See, the Lord told me the higher you go in praise, the deeper you can go in worship. And your worship is only surface level. If you start with worship, you're supposed to start with praise and you enter into his courts with thanksgiving. You come into his presence with praise and from that high place, you can now go deep in worship. And he looked at and he showed me this way. It's like a diving board at the water park. Y'all ever been to Point Mallard? They got that real tall one and it's scary. I understand praise is scary sometimes. 
right? And I remember the first time I went to Point Mallard, and they got those real bouncy diving boards. And, uh, you know, I was used to people's diving boards in their backyard where they're real stiff, and you got to put all your might into it to get any kind of lift at all, you know? I remember one time, Pav and I, we learned how to do a gainer. Y'all know what a gainer is? You jump off forward and you do a backflip. We worked all day doing that, right? And we jumped off that trampoline 100, or that diving board 100 times trying to perfect that gainer. I landed on my face probably 99 times of that trying to perfect it, but I stayed with it. And so I learned I got to jump real hard if I'm going to get real high to do this. Well, those big, expensive, good diving boards, you don't have to do that. And I walked out on that sucker, you know, just all confident. Yeah, I got this, you know, just doing the whole sandlot thing, winking at people and giving them the eyes and I'm walking out there, you know, and I get to the tip of the diving board and I go to jump off that thing. And the moment I did, the bottom of that disappeared from me and I landed flat on my back on the diving board and then like a dead fish rolled off into the water. Just like, you know, can't breathe because I landed on my back. Hallelujah. And then, you know, I thought when I was under the water because thinking about how bad my back hurt, I was like, no one's watching. Don't worry about it, baby. You're good. You're chill. You know what I mean? They're doing their thing. And I come up and look around and everybody's sitting there in their little camera filming the guy that hurt himself on the diving board. Hallelujah. But then I noticed something. At that water park, they got like three of these diving boards that don't have any spring to them. They're just a platform. And one's, you know, 10 feet high, one's 20 feet high. And then there's the big daddy. It's like 30 feet high. You know, and I noticed as people jumped off the one that was 10 feet high, they went oh so deep. You know, and then when they jumped off the one that was 20 feet high, they went a little deeper. But then when they got on that high one, woo, and they jumped off that one that was really high up there, they went all the way to the bottom of the pool. Listen, and this is the way it works. God's got some deep places for you. I did a sermon Wednesday night called Depths, hallelujah, the depths of his love, the depths of his presence that he has for you, the depths of his goodness, glory to God. I want to be up on that mountain. Let your goodness pass before none of this surface stuff. Let's get deep, hallelujah. And the way we get deep is we get up on that high diving board, glory to God, and we get in a place of victory. Come on now, someone say victory, hallelujah. And you're dancing around and you've got the victory because what's the book of Corinthians say? It says that you've got the victory, how be it in Christ Jesus. Come on, you've already got the victory. And as we praise God and we rejoice, we're climbing that ladder, hallelujah. We're climbing up, we're climbing up. And we get to that high diving board and then we jump off and then all of a sudden God says, now you're going deep into my presence. And I've noticed our worship is just deep this morning. Woo, just deep. And this is what happens. See, we don't have to work now. Come on now, this whole thing about revival and just sitting in the presence of God. We don't have to work. Now all of a sudden, see, when they jump off that high diving board, they don't have to try to swim to the bottom. They just go to the bottom. That's what praise does. And God said, I'm trying to get you back into victory. Someone say victory. Why? Verse 5, for the Lord is good. And his love and devotion endures forever. His faithfulness continues to all generations. Someone say he's good. Now, I want to look at this scripture real good. And you guys know it. It's over here in Nehemiah. And you remember that the army was being attacked. And, uh, well, let's just go there. No, it's 2 Chronicles. Y'all doing all right? Hallelujah. And, you know, I know, like I said a minute ago, some people don't participate because it's scary. You know, and I did a sermon, like I said, Wednesday night called Depths, and we were talking about the things that keep us from engaging in services like this. I'm doing another series in a couple weeks called The Four Horsemen. But the things that keep us out of the presence of God, one thing is fear. You know, there's no fear in here. His perfect love cast out all fear. 
Amen. You ought to just get in and enjoy the waters because they're good. Just get in and enjoy the waters because they're good. And so we know what's happening. There's an army that's rising up against the, the God's people. And Jehoshaphat seeks the Lord. And he says, we're going to go ahead. And he got with the elders. And he said, we're going to put out worshipers. Y'all remember this? Over here in chat, 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 21. And I'm almost finished. He said, after consulting the leaders of the people, I knew the translation. He says, the king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army, singing to the Lord and praising his name for his holy splendor. This is what they sang. Give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. Now, I want to mention this real quick. When they were out there singing, they were not out there singing and shouting as an army that was marching against an enemy, but rather they were returning in joyful triumph over their enemies. That praise and worship team wasn't out there. Now, this is a change of perspective. They weren't going out there praising because they were going to go into battle. They were going out there praising because they already had the victory in the battle. They weren't going out there marching as, a, as an army that was about to engage in battle. They were going out there singing as an army that had already won. It was triumphant in battle. Come on now, someone needs to get this revelation this morning. Listen, they weren't going out there marching and singing to engage in battle. They were going out there singing and rejoicing because they were triumphant in battle. Amen. They had a victory mindset, glory to God. And this is what praise does to us. It gets us over and it drags us into this victory mindset where we say, you know what? I have victory. Thanks be unto God. Who has given me the victory. Thanks be unto God who has given me the victory through Christ Jesus. You're not an army that is marching to fight your enemy. You're an army that's marching because you have victory over your enemy. And that changes everything. That changes everything. And this is what the Lord told me when I was praying this afternoon. He said, stop waiting for God to do something for you to rejoice. Start rejoicing because he's already done something. See, everybody's waiting. Well, when you do something, I'll rejoice. If you'll do something, I'll rejoice. If you'll do something, God's saying, I've already done something, just rejoice. Hallelujah. I've already healed you, just rejoice. I've already blessed you, just rejoice. I've already set you free, just rejoice. And then you get to thinking about those lepers that Pastor Mark was talking about. What were they good at? They were good at proclaiming something. Unclean, unclean, unclean. God wants the church to be good at proclaiming something. Victory, victory, victory. <laughs> victory, victory, victory. Glory to God. Victory, victory, victory. Amen. He needs somebody that's good at making some noise. Hallelujah. And what's that going to do? That's going to make you the light of the world. The salt of the earth when they see victory, victory, victory. And that's what the church is supposed to be proclaiming. Amen. Everybody say, I got the victory. Glory to God. I don't know who's coming next. <laughs> Isn't the Holy Ghost funny? I have zero lepers. But when he sent out his text, he said, do something along the lines of gratefulness or rejoicing or, you know, a praise. That's all the instruction we got. All right. So those two got lepers and I'm thinking, oh, I'm leper free, man. I missed it tonight. But Belinda alluded to Psalms 100, then Robert hit it. And that's where I had on my heart to start. Psalms 100 verses four and five. 
Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Praise takes you deeper into God. Now listen, praise is by its very nature celebratory. It's boisterous. It is rejoicing. It is excited about what God has done and is doing and will do in the future. Glory to God. So I want to take a few minutes and I want to look at some words that are translated praise or rejoice in the Old Testament. Now listen, we read some of those words and you know it says, oh praise the Lord all ye people and we think, you know, oh yes, praise the Lord. We don't know what some of them words mean. I want to give you some words that are translated praise or rejoice in the old covenant. The, the Hebrew word is pizzazz, P-A-Z-A-Z. That word means to leap or to spring. Glory to God. Not just standing here. Well, praise the Lord. No, glory to God. Woo! Glory to God. To leap or to spring. Pizzazz. Karar. To dance or to whirl about. That, that word is just translated praise or rejoice in the old covenant. You don't believe. Some of you are looking at me funny. Look it up. Karar, to dance and whirl about. I have no shame, all right? I am so grateful to my Father. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I dance, I whirl about. I whirl about before my God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Halal. Halal. To celebrate hilariously. To be clamorously foolish, to rave, to boast, to make a show, to shine forth. And that's our root word for hallelujah. So the whole time we're singing that little song, hallelujah, what we're really saying is, on the inside I'm going crazy, glory to God. That's what that word means. That's what that word means. In fact, that's the word when David feigned insanity when, when he was before an enemy king. He faked insanity. He was scratching at the doorposts and dribble and drool down his face. And they thought, dude has lost it. But the word they used to describe that was halal. Glory to God. Yeah. Another word, halijka. It's a procession or a march. A procession or a march. Listen, I grew up in Pentecost. Sometimes I don't understand why people get freaked out by the things of God. We used to get all excited and have a Jericho march. Whole church get up and start circling around the church. Glory to God. To march in procession. Record, to leap or to stomp. To spring about wildly with joy. Glory to God. Woo! Uh, uh, McCall. McCall, that's a round dance. You know the Hava, Nagila, Hava. Na, 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 na. (laughs) 
Listen, I've been in meetings where people just grab each other and go for it, all right? Their arms around. We did some meetings in a third world country. They came in all persecuted, beat down. I mean, they were, they were beat down because they were persecuted every day. But by the end of the week, those ministers had their arms around each other. They were dancing around that room in victory in God, refreshed in the spirit. I tell you, it's a beautiful thing to behold. Another one, Gual, sure, it's easy for you to say. Um, Gual, G-U-W-L, to spin around under the influence of strong emotion. To spin like a top. Glory to God! Woo! I don't want to do that too much. I'll end up on the floor. But glory, to spin around like a top. Allahs, to rejoice, to exalt, to jump for joy. Ruah, to shout, to split the ears with sound. Well, praise the Lord. in a loud voice as in triumph. Chagog, to celebrate, to observe festival, to march in a sacred procession, to move in a circle, to dance, to reel to and fro. Zamar, to touch the strings or parts of a musical instrument and make music with the voice. I tell you, you didn't know how, how biblical our crazy Holy Ghost meetings were, did you? When we take off dancing, when we take off running, when we take off shouting, rejoicing in our God, we are being totally scriptural. Totally scriptural. Not one of those words means sit there like a bump on a log and think good thoughts towards God. Not one of them. Not one of them. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. <laughs> yes. Woo. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> yes. Yes. Glory, 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 glory. Ha. Woo. Glory to God. One thing we've been praying out recently is to rejoice is a choice. To rejoice is a choice. It's a choice to rejoice. It's a choice to rejoice. But I'm telling you tonight, if you knew what was on the other side of that rejoicing, you'd get up out of that seat. Glory to God. Glory. Thank you, Lord. 
Honey, can you hand me a sip of call? I got a little crazy there with my screaming. <laughs> Glory to God. I think there's another one over there. Thank you. Glory to God. Robert mentioned 2 Chronicles chapter 20. What happened there? What had happened was they sent the singers out ahead of the army. They're going out to meet three armies that they know they're no match for. And they put the singers out front. Now listen, I've been in music all my life. I'm not sure I'd want to be part of that team. Because you understand, they're literally going to battle. Coming at them was three armies with swords and, and, and uh, spears. And this isn't the kind of combat where you sit 100 miles away and lob missiles. This is hand-to-hand, people chopping other people to death. So they know they're out ahead of the army. And they're about to meet the enemy first before the army even gets there. And if God don't come through, they're about to die in a most horrible way. Listen, I guarantee you those praisers weren't praising off the surface of their heart. I, no, no. I guarantee you they were digging deep. I mean, getting, getting in there. Digging down to their toes for their deepest worship, their, their deepest praise. Because if God doesn't come through right now, I'm about to die. And not just die, but die in a horrible way. I guarantee you, as they went out to meet that army... They were praising with everything they had down from their toes up. They were in it with all their heart. For the Lord is good. For the Lord is good. And his mercy endures forever. And as they began to praise, the Lord set ambushments against their enemy. He said, you're not going to have to fight in this battle. Just stand ye still and watch. When they came up over the hill, them people had already killed each other. I tell you, the last two probably wounded each other so that they both fell dead at the same time. I tell you, don't matter, they were all dead. But I guarantee you they were praising with everything within them, from their toes, from the depths of them. They were going crazy. There's something about desperation. There's something about desperation. Needing something from God that'll take you from the fluff of formality. Well, praise the Lord. To God, I trust you. I love you. You're my everything. My hope is in you. My trust is in you. And I know, I know you're bringing us out. I know you are from the depths of them. Desperation is not a bad thing. Desperation is not a bad thing. It'll cut the fluff. You understand? I tell you, he's wanting to do something for us in this hour. He's wanting to do something for us. And it doesn't have to be something formal or something, you know, uh, just 
praise him. Just praise him. And however it comes out, if you want to run, if you want to dance, if you want to shout, if you want to spin, if you want to stomp, if you, whatever you want to do, just as long as it really comes from here, from the depths of you, from your heart to his ear. To rejoice is a choice. To rejoice is a choice. To rejoice is a choice. And I choose. I choose. I tell you what, let's see what's on the other side. Let's keep going and see. When Jesus comes back for us, the scriptures say he's going to split the eastern sky and he's going to descend with the shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trumpet of God. And he promised us that if we would shout, he would get in the middle of us and shout. Oh, who knows what's going to happen when God shouts. He just spoke and the worlds became. Can you imagine when God gets excited enough to shout, glory to God, glory to God. I don't know about you, but I want up all in the middle of that. <laughs> oh, all in the middle of that. I don't have much voice left. Do you want to come lead them? To rejoice is a choice. Hallelujah. Let's all stand. Hallelujah. So we'll be like them. So we're going to be thankful. Amen. We're, we're going to make a decision to obey God while we sit here we, until we die. Hallelujah. We're, we're, going to, we're going to do what Psalms 100 says. We're going to go in with great praise and then deeper worship. Hallelujah. Like what Robert said, he said, uh, you know, it was from, they went in from the victory side of things. Has the Lord already won? So we're really not praising to get him to do something, right? We're not, getting to, we're not praising him to get him to do something. We're praising him because we already know he's done something. And so we're going to do what Pastor Rhonda said. Now, if you can remember all those little terms, whatever they mean, they're all crazy praise. They're all crazy praise. Hallelujah. And you're in the room. You're in the room, and so you might as not, you know, nobody's going to be, look, be looking at you unless you just stand there. Yeah. Around here, it's kind of opposite, and maybe in another church, but around here, uh, so what we got to do? Well, let's just do what he said. Amen? Because what is on the other side of that? What is, so what do we got to do? We just get in there. Amen. Hallelujah. So, so you just break forth into joy. You rejoice with joy. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God.
Hallelujah. 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 Second group of Israelites, they wandered for 40 years. Their parents couldn't go into the promised land, so they wandered for 40 years. You know, everybody gets all excited that their shoes didn't wear out. Who wants the same pair of shoes for 40 years? It's the mercy of God. But but I don't want the same pair of shoes for 40 years. So finally, it's time to go in. Finally, it's time to go in. The same walled cities, the same giants, but a whole new generation trained up to take what God had promised them. A whole new generation trained up to take what God has promised them. And one of the things, I kind of brought it up this morning, but I didn't really get to this part. But um, I love what God said to Joshua. And I believe it's what he's saying to us as a church and to the body of Christ. He said to them, see, I've given you the city. Nothing has changed. Same walls. Same chariot races, I guess. The condos are still there in the wall. Nobody's moving. Nobody. See? 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 I've given you the city. Have I not said it? Will I not also do it? See? I want you to see like I see, God said. See? I've given you the city. See, and I don't want you saying anything contrary to that, like your daddies did, like your mamas did, so you don't do anything until I tell you to shout. There is just something about lifting your voice up. It's just as simple as that because we believe something. See, God says, I'm about to change everything. See, (laughs) come on, see, the promises of God are yes and amen. See, he's already saved you. He's already healed you. He's already delivered you. He seated you at the right hand of God. All that's left to do is praise him. All the, see, I've given you the city. See, see, come on, can you see it? Then if you can see it, you shout unto God. Shout, for I've given you the city. Shout with a voice of triumph. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Hallelujah. Glory to God. 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 Hallelujah. Blessing, glory, and honor. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 (laughs) Come on. The Lord is your deliverer. The Lord is your restorer. Come on, he's about to restore some years to you. He's about to restore some years to you. He's about to restore some things to you. Hallelujah. 
like he told David. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Pursue, overtake, and recover it all. Recover it all. How are you going to recover it all? Well, he said, if you'll just praise me. Come on, why sit we here until we die? We're just going to get up and we're going to praise him. Hallelujah. And when we say the Lord is good, the Lord is good, the Lord is good, and his mercy endures forever. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The enemy has to go. Hallelujah. You don't have to figure it out with your mind. You just know that it's so. The word of God always works. Speak the word. Declare the word. Say the word. And rejoice about it and be glad. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Woo. The Lord is good. The Lord is good. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I think y'all, I think you're all cheered up. It's not an emotion. Don't mistake this for an emotion. Joy is not an emotion. It's the fruit of the Spirit. It comes from the Word. I did eat your Word. I found your Word. I did eat it. And it was the joy and the rejoicing of my soul. Amen. Come on. You want some healing? Laughter does good like a medicine. Amen. Hallelujah. The psalmist said, he who sits in the heavens laughs. So I can tell where you're sitting. I can tell where you're sitting. I can tell where you're sitting. Amen. Amen. And tell what seat you're sitting in. I'm, I'm not sitting in the seat of the scornful. Amen. I'm not sitting in the seat of the complainers. Amen. Glory to God. Now, I encourage you. I command you. <laughs> Come on. When you get up in the morning, rejoice. If you, if, you, if you live in Madison, if you're on 72, stuck in traffic, rejoice. If you're at the arsenal, I don't know if they've cleared it up. It's easy to get it. Whether you're going straight through or you're sitting in a line, rejoice. Amen. Spend some time. Find some places. You know, I know some of you, you work really hard and, you know, it's constant. But... Before lunch and after lunch, if you get one, rejoice. Do some things to make this daily. Amen. Not just Sunday morning, not just Wednesday night. Because I'm going to make, now if you're going to come to church, I'm going to make you rejoice in this season. I just am. And if you're going to bring somebody with you, tell them when you go in, you know, they may lift their voice a little bit. They may, they may lift it because they're glad. But I guarantee you when someone comes in, you see, you can make it up or you can do what we're doing and rejoice from a place of belief. And that's the presence of God. Amen. And the presence of God changes everything. Amen. Go for it. I was waiting for something. I don't know what it was. I forgot. Um, you know, just talking just a minute ago about, you know, 
flag and it had been burned. Everything was gone. All their families were gone. As far as they knew, they'd been raped by now. They'd been murdered by now. They had no idea whether they had any family left alive. Everything was gone. Every possession they had it was burned to the ground. They had nothing, absolutely nothing. And all his mighty men spoke of stoning him. So grieved was every man for his own family. And the Bible says that David's mighty men turned on him and spoke of stoning him. So grieved were they each one for their family. Now listen, David's got a choice now. As far as everything is gone, his men's loyalty, his family, his, his wives, his children, his possessions, everything is gone. David's got a choice. And he did weep. The Bible says he wept till he had no more power to weep. But then he encouraged himself in the Lord. And as he encouraged himself in the Lord... He got a strategy. He got a strategy from heaven to get it all back. And get it all back, they did. Now listen, Pastor Mark and I were in an apartment fire years and years ago. We lived in an apartment building while we were building our house and our apartment building burned down. Uh, I mean, there was, we, it was bad, okay? It was like, anyway, I don't want to go into it, but anyway, it was bad. As far as we knew, we'd lost everything. I, we ran out in our night clothes. I had the foresight and merciful God to pull on a pair of pants and put shoes on. Uh, but beyond that, we came out with what we were sleeping in. And that's what we had. I grabbed my daytimer instead of my purse, I came out with my calendar and left my purse. I don't know. I, in the panic, anyway, they were sitting there together and I grabbed the wrong one. But anyway, we came out with nothing except the clothes we were sleeping in and each other. And my mom came to pick us up and, and the fire was burning and the buildings falling down and we thought we'd lost everything. And so we literally, I had to go to the store to get the stuff to make me acceptable to go to the store. You understand? Uh, but anyway, so we, we went to my mom's house. We got there like four or five o'clock in the morning. Uh, I, we got in my mom's bed and we just looked at each other. Destiny was a baby. We just looked at each other and we just started laughing. How many of you know that's the dumbest time in the whole world to laugh? We just started laughing because we started with nothing and God still got us and we're going to be all right. We're still here. We're still alive. God's got us. And, and you know what? We lost nothing. As far as we knew, everything that we owned was burned. But when they opened the door, Everything was just the way we left it. It burned. If the fire didn't get it, the water did. He said, we've been pouring water on it for three days. He said, whatever, if there was anything left of your possessions, it's gone. Uh, we, across the hall, yep. there was an open doorway and nothing but sky. Uh, you could see where it charred the edge of our building uh, in the breezeway. It charred it, but it stopped. Glory to God. The only thing I knew to do, I, I came out with a blanket. I grabbed a blanket. It was 30 some degrees. I was gathering all the little children in their night clothes and putting them all around me in the blanket. And I just said, Father, we're tithers. You said you would rebuke the devourer for our sake. And I trust you. That is literally as far as it went for praying or believing God for anything. We got in bed. We howled laughing. 
couple days later when we got in, it was all there just the way we left it. Glory to God. Glory to God. When you seek him, when it looks like there's no hope, all is lost. But when you see from the victory side and you know that he's got you, when you know that he's got you, when you know that he's got you, when you know that he's got you, ha, 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 Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Come on, let's rejoice. Let's rejoice. Lift your voice. It's a choice. Rejoice in the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, glory. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Recover it all. Recover it all. It's time to recover it all. Recover it all. The years. How does he, re- how does he restore years? I don't know, but I believe it. I don't know, but I believe it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Lord is good. <laughs> all right, so you got your assignment. We're going to rejoice. We're going to, every time you think about it, rejoice. Listen, I know if you're at work, it's not, I don't, I would not recommend, like, if you're sitting at your desk, you suddenly scream out and shout and run around. But you do it on the, you can do it on the inside. Hallelujah. You can do it on the inside. Hallelujah. Yeah. uh, One time, uh, we were going from the storefront over to the A-frame, and we saw this church, and I knew it was ours, and um, I wanted to get out. It was dark. And I wanted to get out and run around. If you all know who ever went to the A-frame, it is in the middle of nowhere. So this guy running around a church would not have looked good. So Pastor Ross, I said, I want to get out and run. She said, run in the car. <laughs> so that's what I did. Hallelujah. I ran in the car. And then miraculously, we got that church. The Lord is doing great things for you. Wherever you are glad. You are glad. You are going, well, Pastor Mark, bad things are happening. Well, I understand that, and we'll grieve with you if something happens, but then we're going to rejoice with you because the Lord's going to deliver you. He's going to restore to you. He's going to take the, 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 the years the devil tried to take from you. The Lord's going to restore them. He's 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 going to restore them. It'll be better. 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 It will be better than it's ever been. It'll be better. It'll be better. You thought it was good before? Wait, wait till he's done restoring you. It'll be better than you can hope, dream, or imagine. Hallelujah. Has he not said it? Woohoo! Will he not also do it? Hallelujah. Will he not also do it? All he's asking you to do is quit sitting there until you die. He wants you to get up. He wants you to praise him. He wants you to rejoice. Hallelujah. And then let him do it. Let him do it. Let him do it. Let him do it. Glory to God. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't try to figure out how. When Elisha prophesied, he probably didn't know. Amen. When they were appointed to sing, they didn't know. They know 
they had the victory because I know that. Oh, I don't, we got to let you go. I mean, the Kohorites who there who were keepers of the temple, right when they gave them the strategy, they lifted up immediately a loud praise. Why? That means we finally got money to take care of the temple. They didn't know how or why. Remember, at the end of that, they carried away three days worth of spoil. <laughs> Study it out. The Kohatites, they were keepers of the temple. And right before they did anything, they immediately lifted up a praise. They heard something from God. Yeah. They knew victory was coming. They knew abundance was coming. They didn't know how. The Lord didn't tell him what he was going to do, how he was going to. He just told him what to do. You don't need to figure out how he's going to do it. You just need to know he is going to do it. And if he told you to praise him, if he told you to rejoice, then that's your part. Believe the word, speak the word, and then rejoice. Go home rejoicing. See you Wednesday. God bless you. We hope you're inspired by today's message. If you want to hear more from the Word of God, head over to cwol.org. Check us out on YouTube or any social platform under at Seawall Madison. We believe God is working within you, and we want you to know Him so you too can make Him known.